For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Ladies Talking Leafs. I'm Chris. And I'm Syl. How's it going? <laughs> we are back, yes, with our bonus episode. This is exciting. Um, we, we do have to say, first of all, we were going to come at you last week, in the, I guess about uh, I guess a week after our, um, our special dra- or our draft episode. And, um, but then we thought... You know, with the whole signing of Wayne Simmons and everything on the uh, on the Friday before, and and we thought, no, we're going to wait because we know Kyle Dubis has something else planned, and he definitely didn't disappoint. He definitely had something planned on the weekend with the signing of Joe Thornton, and I think we have everything. Well, for now, anyways, we I think Kyle Dubis has everything covered, but um, yeah. So we decided to wait, coming at you with this bonus episode, and. Um, yeah, I've actually found something interesting on social media with uh, Wayne Simmons um, joining, like being the first player that was signed for free agency for us. And that's the guy actually that I am most excited about, um, being bringing that physical presence and that. But he's the, he's the most popular Leaf on Twitter now. So he's number one. And then Tavares number two. Matthew's number three. Marner is four and Morgan Riley is five, which um, I did try and look up Joe Thornton, but I couldn't, I don't think he's on there. I couldn't find he it. He might anywhere, not have so. a Twitter account. Yeah, I mean, so. Marlo doesn't. Marlo, no. whenever he speaks on Twitter, <laughs> it's like through his wife's Twitter yeah. account, which through is so Christina funny. Marlo's yeah. uh, account. So, um, so yeah, I don't think he's on there, but, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I thought that was interesting that Wayne Simmons has become the most popular uh, on Twitter for being mm-hmm. followed. Um, yeah. And the other thing I thought of is for the KHL and, um, we are going to talk about a little bit about the draft part two of the draft, which seems like so long ago it was, um, mm-hmm. but, um, it was a couple of weeks ago now, but all these kids being picked out of the KHL and the Swedish leagues. Um, but I just feel that I need to get a KHL subscription to watch these players. Like I'm just like, I'm on Twitter. There are some people that actually post um, like uh, replays of scores and stuff like that, like of, of, of goals that some of our guys have scored, but uh, yeah. Letton and had another beauty, I guess today. Yeah. So people like him and Amirov that have our, our first round pick from this year. Mm -hmm. um, They, and our, uh, our goalie too. Um, that they um, yeah that they got too. He's he's had some um, yeah, some action his, also as an eighteen year old, which is pretty cool. Yeah, he played his first game there. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So that's uh, I just think I need that. 
Yeah, and um, yeah, so we can still watch some hockey during this downtime because uh, I know they just they got us sucked back in, and then it just feels like it was just all taken away too soon. Anyway, yeah, but and uh, so this time last year, uh, where were we, Christine? We were on the road yes. to Detroit, so it was. Um, it feels like any thought of road trips is so far, far down the road, so to speak. Um, but it's last depressing. year, I mean, <laughs> it's it is depressing, a depressing. In a way. <laughs> because, <laughs> like you were she... just saying, there's no, there's no hockey now, and yeah. normally October, that's when everything starts, and mm-hmm. there's none of that. There's, I mean, we do have some. Obviously, we're doing this bonus episode because there's stuff to talk about, but um, yeah. But it's not related to actual games being played. It's not related to doing the road trip um, or planning for a road trip. And exactly, and that is the key: is that you know the planning of one is that something that we normally get a chance to look forward to. And this year, that's something that we can't really do. Fortunately for all of you listeners, though, you can relive some of our road trip uh, fun through some of our former episodes. Uh, If you want to listen to our episode in November and our episode in February, we talk about uh, some of our road trip antics on our segment uh, On the Road with Chris and Syl. So in November, we talked about our our, uh, trip to Detroit, which was fantastic last year. And then in our February episode, we revisit our trip to Nashville, which is, I think we can both agree, one of our favorite, favorite spots to go uh, see a hockey game. So definitely uh, check those two episodes out. Another uh, little bit of a note that we have is that we wanted to, um, again, going back to the draft, congratulate uh, Emily Castongay, who is Alexi Lafreniere's uh, agent, and she is uh, blazing a trail for women in the game in hockey as, uh, as a, a, a female player agent. So we thought that was definitely an important uh, milestone in our game and uh, notable. So congratulations to her. So so moving on to our outline of what we're going to cover today, we are obviously going to cover the free agent signings and a trade that Kyle Dubas made. We're going to uh, take a quick look back to day two of the NHL draft, which obviously, like Chris said, seems like ages and ages ago. And we'll um, kind of take a peek at what might be next for Kyle Dubas. Uh, could there be more? So without any further ado, let's get on with our show. Okay, so free agent signings, that's our topic number one. Um, first of all, we just want to say we're not going to get into the, uh, uh, with all these pickups that we got, the signings, we're not going to get into where they're going to play the line combinations, the deep pairings, and and get into the nitty gritty of that stuff. We're going to save that for uh, bo- an, another episode. Um, for now, we're just going to go through each par- player signing and um, what they bring to the team and and just our thoughts on each player, basically. So we're going to start with Wayne Simmons, who we picked up, like we said in the intro, on the f- day of uh, opening of free agent signings on October the 9th. Um, he's a right winger, 32 years old. He signed for one year at one and a half million. And we're going to hear that one year quite a bit. (laughs) 
which I think is a really good thing, actually, but we'll get to that later. So, yeah, so he's from Scarborough. He uh, he obviously brings the grit and toughness to our lineup. He has a charity, uh, Wayne's Road Hockey Warriors, which uh, helps underprivileged youth pursue their hockey dreams. Um, and this shouldn't be overlooked, I think, because um, I know MLSE or the organization, Shanahan, they always the off-ice contribution to the community is really, really big. Um, So, yeah, so basically, in my opinion, the money that Kyle Clifford was going to get basically went to, they had to fill that role, basically, and and it went to Wayne Simmons, and he's going to bring that voice to the bench, I think, too. Like, you always saw, like, I'm sure, Sil, you you remember, like, on the bench when, let's say, there was, down points in the season it was a roller coaster season but when there was Mm -hmm. down points there was nobody on the bench that was I mean Clifford was there from February I guess but before that like there was nobody really to uplift the spirit like to get the guys going on the bench it was pretty quiet like a lot of people they like they'd even say that you'd skate by the bench and you couldn't like there was just no enthusiasm um I won't mention another player that used to bring that and um and uh (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, so yeah, and the other bonus that I loved was the fact that he chose to come here, um, which we mentioned in our last episode, we mentioned it briefly about how, like, he had other options, and the Habs did actually offer him more money, but he he chose to come here, and that I knew he would, like, it just, he's from here, and um, yeah, so I'm I'm excited about it, he's going to bring that... uh, that element to the lineup that uh, we're lacking quite a bit. And um, yeah, what do you think of Wayne Simmons? As a- oh, I, I have to agree with like 100% with everything you said. Uh, I think he is going to uh, bring uh, experience and enthusiasm. Uh, he, like you said, even with all of his charity work and everything, he ha- he's got a strong character which is i think definitely something that the organization's always looking for and uh i the other thing is you know these are and i think this is also something that's going to be echoed throughout all of the signings really is they made a point of bringing in competitive guys that are hungry to win so when you know some of our more talented people are sort of just kind of chilling and relaxing there's going to be people now in our room like Wayne Simmons that are going to basically be saying our job is not done and pulling them up by the back of their jerseys and say come on let's get moving here you know yeah it's definitely it's and I'm going to mention something about it towards uh, later on but it's definitely bringing a different dynamic dynamics to the room basically uh, with all these signings but yeah so then we got TJ Brody. TJ Brody is the, I suppose that's the highlight of all the signings because he is, um, he, he signed for four years at $5 million per year. So he got the most out of all of them. He's uh, 30 years old. Um, he plays the right side with the left shot, uh, which is kind of unique on the, on the D. Um, and this is his first trade to another team. He was drafted and played in Calgary for his whole career. So, um, this to me, I'm, I'm, 
I think it's going to hope, hopefully it works out. I think it will. I don't, I don't, hopefully it won't be like the Tyson Berry situation where, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be like that where he, whatever, he just never, he got off to the wrong foot or whatever, or couldn't get acclimatized to the Toronto environment, that sort of thing. I think this guy, he, I think it helps the fact that last year, um, I guess with, I guess we were trying to get him via trade, but, but Naz basically nicks the trade sort of thing because he, he had the no, no, no move clause, I guess in his, in his yeah, contract. And then we ended the up with, then we ended up with Barry. <laughs> so I think in Brody's case, like he's obviously seeing that they want, we wanted him, like the organization has been looking at him. So, um, so yeah, he played with Mark Giordano on, uh, on Calgary's top pairing uh, for a couple of years. So he's definitely a top four D man. He's plays, like over 20 minutes a night. He's a good skater. Um, and he's really, I did watch I watched all the player interviews actually on, uh, on mapleleafs.com and he is very quiet. He's a quiet leader. He reminds me of John Tavares a little bit that way. So I think just his demeanor in that when you're, when you're seeing, whereas Wayne Simmons, he was a lot, he was driving in his car and he could just tell like, you know, he knew like, like he's, He's in the show and he knew that sort of thing. Whereas this guy, he was a little bit more on the uh, laid back kind of style, sort of and quiet and just answering the questions. But um, but yeah, no, I think it's definitely going to go well, whether he plays with, uh, well, like I said, we're not going to get too much into who he plays with, but most likely it's going to be with Riley. And uh, But it, it's, we addressed finally what we definitely need at, on the D. Yeah, and what do you mm-hmm. think about it? You good with it? Well, yeah, I I think it's going to be good. You know, there's a lot of uh, people out in Calgary that really think that he, you know, his support on the back end is what made it possible for Giordano to, you know, put in those kind of Norris Trophy-esque type of performances as an older defenseman at the time, too, you know, like... People think he kind of came out of nowhere, but the fact that he has somebody like this to play with, um, that really helped his game. And that's something that, you know, Riley, especially last year, did not have. The other thing about him being quiet, um, I do think that Tavares is a good comparison because they're quiet, but I think that he can handle what Toronto is going to bring as far as the attention and stuff, because I I just want to look back to even when he was that, that great video that I'm sure so many people have seen of him (laughs) in the skills competition when he was an 11 year old and, um, and Henny asks him, so the Leafs said they want to give you a contract. What do you say to that? And he says, sure. So, um, you know, he can handle being in front of 20,000 people screaming and everything um, as an 11-year-old and handled it like a, you know, like a star there. So, um, yeah, I think that he he knows what it just like, like they're, they seem, that's the other thing. They seem to be bringing back all of these Ontario boys into the fold. Um so you got to love that. And that's the difference yeah. between this guy and say Barry last year is this guy knows what, what he's getting into. He knows what it means. He had a taste of it when he was 11. So I'm, I think that's, that's, I think I'm pretty, pretty cool with it. Obviously we still have to see what happens on the ice. Uh, he's not like super young at, at the age of 30. So, um, but 
Uh, but you know, we've talked about many, many times about our training staff here and everything too. So I, yeah, I think yeah. that, you know, we can keep, uh, basically careers, uh, prolonged yeah. as well. So keep people on the ice. So let's uh, move on to our next signing, which was a little bit of a surprise to me, um, although I did kind of hear, you know, a bit of buzz about it. But uh, Zach Bogosian, who is actually, I should say, Stanley Cup champion, Zach Bogosian. Um, He is a a defenseman, right shot, also 30 years old. He was signed for one year at $1 million. He played uh, with the Buffalo Sabres last year, got traded to Tampa, and uh, he won the Cup there with them this year and, you know, actually had quite a pivotal role and uh, brought toughness when they needed it and... um, Obviously, I think everyone's seen the replay of the beautiful uh, assist he had on uh, Blake Coleman's goal. So, you know, he's not the guy that is going to be driving the offense, but he is a stay-at-home, tough presence. Um, and I think that he's definitely going to add something there. And I, I, the other thing is that I seem to really feel that when Dubis and Keefe and Shanahan are talking to all of these people, they were really clear on what they wanted from these guys and that they weren't necessarily coming here to play necessarily a regular role like day in, day out, and they're going to be used in different ways. So, and two men, they've all kind of said, we're here to do whatever is asked of us. So whether he's going to be playing every night, we don't know for sure. Uh, but, he is going to, he is there definitely to be, you know, to, to, for forwards when they're coming at Freddie to be, you know, thinking twice about who's on the ice. And, um, so I think that's, that's pretty cool. He was a first round pick also notably, and the third overall, um, selected by the Atlanta Thrashers. So what do you think of the yeah, Bogosian pickup, Chris? Pretty high. I was actually surprised that he was third overall mm-hmm. in the in the draft. I didn't realize that he was like considered that good um, mm-hmm. of a defenseman at the time because you really didn't hear about him until, um, well, me personally, anyways, I didn't hear about him until last year in Buffalo, and then he had some disagreement with the way he was being um, played, I guess, sort of thing, in, in mm-hmm. Buffalo, and then. And then he moved on to Tampa. Lucky for him, for him to go to the Stanley Cup champion. And and um, yeah, I mean, he 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 definitely adds. He's going to give us that grid on the back end, and he's gonna he's gonna being that he's obviously won a cup now very recently, and he went through that that whole thing too of being in the bubble. I think has to like that experience too. I think he, he's gonna he's gonna help a lot um, with with wherever he plays because he played with Hedman a lot too. Um, so mm-hmm. um, I think like the being diverse, like to diversify his uh, like the play sort of thing. Like if he's playing on a, he could play a little bit on a top pairing if he had to, um, but most likely he'll be on the, on the bottom, on the bottom pairing. But like you said, he's um, he, all these players have said, like it's just wherever they want us to go, like that's what they're gonna do. And um and then he's another player, Ontario 
or not Ontario, sorry, he's from upstate New York, actually. Um, but still, I guess, close enough to Ontario. But he actually wanted to come to the Leafs even um, last year. Like he would, he, he wanted to come here at the trade deadline. It didn't work out. He went to Tampa. But um, yeah, I mean, he's, I think it's definitely, it's a better option than Martin Marinchen, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and this is uh, the the latest pickup that we're going to talk about next is uh, Jumbo Joe Thornton and uh, a spry 41-year-old centerman uh, from uh, Davos, Switzerland. He's our latest pot prospect pickup. And um, anyway, he signed for one year at 700,000. He has played 70 games last season with the San Jose Sharks. He's obviously known for his stick passing skills, and he's really still good on the draws. Last season was the first time in 13 years he was below 50, 50 percentage um, average on the faceoff and wins. He was just shy of that at uh, 40, 49.4%. Uh, obviously, he uh, requires no introduction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's people not... know about Joe Thornton and yeah. from, from, uh, Boston and then San Jose. He has been a captain. Um, he has really done it all. Um, I think if you watched him speak at all, anytime he's done um, his media availability or even just the recent interview that they had on uh, with the Leafs after the signing, this guy is bringing so much to our team. I am. Yeah. I didn't really necessarily think that you know we needed to get him and I was not sure whether we should because I mean you know he's a 41 year old guy but listen to, after I listened to him talk yeah. I'm like so excited yeah. about this because he is adding just just so much to our room and he is another one that is like picking guys up by the back of their jersey and saying, come on, I have to win this cup. So, you know. (laughs) Yeah, I I have to say I wasn't excited about it either at first. Mm -hmm. It's like I've jumped on the bandwagon with all the excitement that was created about it. The I guess two things that I liked (laughs) or that I I enjoyed, well, three things actually. He is actually the last active player to have scored at Maple Leaf Gardens. Mm, so that I, did I thought not was know that. Yeah, so that's an interesting thing. So he's the only active player that he sco- he scored at Maple Leaf Gardens. I loved his support of Frederick Anderson. I thought that was very interesting how he was going on about that. And, and there were a couple of funny comments on Twitter about that, but I took that as, as, a, as a positive and him trying to basically make note that... Um, Freddie that he loves Freddie and and he thinks he's a great goalie and then his mention of winning a Stanley Cup he has that fire in him to and I don't know it's it's um I actually had a good laugh because I thought okay what Patrick Marlowe tried he had that same fire didn't work for him so now he's sending Joe Thornton here to to try and finish the job and actually get that cup or like because uh, they're both older players and they're that's that's the only thing left to do on their resume he's a future hall of famer like it's guaranteed joe thornton is going to be in the hockey hall of fame but um yeah and then the other thing i thought was interesting was kyle dubas there's always a connection somehow 
to the Sioux, to the Sioux Greyhounds. And he actually, because Kyle Dubas was hired by the Sioux when he was like 10 or 11 years old. And that was like the last season that Joe Thornton was there when like, Kyle, so Kyle Dubas was, while he was working with the Sioux Greyhounds when he was like 10 or 11 years old, he was watching Joe Thornton play for the Sioux. And um, and there's a connection there too with Manny Malhotra, who's our now assistant coach. Who um, so uh, he actually played at the time. I guess the Sioux played um, Guelph Storm, and they lost in the playoffs. And Manny Malhotra was on that team on Guelph, who beat. Uh, so there's all these little connections, and it's just kind of funny how it all comes together now. Comes back to together but um so all all these things made me more excited reading about these things and obviously what he brings to the room um it's uh it's definitely and his dad is a huge loose fan apparently he was in tears or, or i heard that when he like he can't wait to see him pull on the leaf jersey for the first time so oh, that's yeah. making me tear up right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah so those are all the things that got me basically on the positive side to say you know what this mm-hmm. might this might be a good thing. And then in the room, obviously, there's no need to really get into that as to what he's going to bring to that. Uh, just like Wayne Simmons, they're going to be their loud voices and they're going to bring the uh, the positive energy in there, which I think some of it sounds as though our team needs it. <laughs> well, the other thing is, is that how boring has have post game conferences been? I mean, they're all canned. <laughs> Like these guys, Wayne Simmons and Joe Thornton, are not going to be giving the canned answers. They're going to be interesting to listen to afterwards. So, yeah. And I guess the only other person who we have right now that that speaks a little bit more candidly, I guess, is Jake Muzzin, and yeah. a little bit Morgan Riley. He's kind of like a hybrid, so a little bit of canned and a little bit um, more interesting, but. Uh, yeah, I think uh, definitely I'm going to be looking forward to the post game a little yeah. bit more than I have been in the last yeah. little while. Yeah, and he's going to be wearing number 97. I thought it was cool that Jason Spezza actually offered his number mm-hmm. <laughs> like to, to him to take the number 19. But he said, no, no, none of that. He's going to go with 97. He's worn that uh, like on international tournaments with Team Canada. Um, so he's he's good with that. So yeah, yeah, that's going to be really fun to to see to see when when he when we actually get back on the ice. Hopefully that's sooner than later. But anyways. Mm-hmm. Okay, so next is the goaltending position, which we definitely needed some we need some depth here with Aaron Dell um as the third goalie behind Freddie uh, Jack Campbell and then we have Aaron Dell who's 31 years old. He signed a 1-year contract, 800,000. And um it's a bit of an upgrade I th- or Quite a bit of an upgrade, I think, for a third goalie. Um, Kaskasuo was our previous, uh, I guess, goalie with experience there with the Marlies. Uh, he played, uh, so Aaron Dell played 33 games for the Sharks last season and save percentage was uh, 907, which isn't bad um, for for that number of games. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, definitely a depth a depth move. We need somebody and we really need somebody actually to help our, we have the two young goalies with the Marlies, uh, Ian Scott and Joseph Wall. Um, so they, um, 
you really need some, you need somebody for them to lean on and to have experience um, because both of those goalies had a bit of a tough time with the Marlies last year and uh, they've admitted that, but um, yeah, we'll get into that into a future episode too. But um, yeah. And if Campbell doesn't play well, like he Campbell only played six games, right? So we don't know how that's going to, work out hopefully he I mean he seems to when he came here too it was great like he loves being a leaf you could just tell but <laughs> it's a small sample size that he got in right so we'll see what happens and um yeah what do you think about the the goalie move yeah I I I agree I think that too we also needed a little bit more like you said uh, mentoring veteran presence uh for those for our young guys um, that are, you know, growing and, and getting seasoned, I guess. And, um, yeah, we need just some more reliability back there. And so that is, it's just not all on Freddie and in Campbell. Um, and yeah, we and don't have to worry about the whole situation <laughs> like we did last year with the, yeah. with the, the Zamboni driver. So, yeah, um, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then we had the yeah. trade with the Devils, right? Um, mm-hmm. So Andreas Janssen uh, traded for Joey Anderson, um, and he's a right winger, 22 years old. Uh, he's a third-round pick from the Devils. Um, and definitely, I mean, I thought of this as a salary dump here um, because um, Janssen was making uh, – I guess it was close to four million, anyways, um, in on his deal. So with all these other moves, we needed to to make a change. And um, I guess Kapanen was the first to go. Now Janssen um, and Dubas actually referred. It was interesting. I I listened to the the kids' interview as well, Joey Anderson's interview, and um, I don't know. He might be a surprise for us. Uh, Rachel Dory, uh, who's a uh, I guess, a former Devils player information analyst. Uh, she wrote a really good article on Twitter. If anybody wants to go to Twitter or, sorry, not article, but <laughs> a tweet, I guess. she it was, a, it was a thread of tweets. She was going on about, on October the 10th, um, she was going on about Joey Anderson saying, like, he wasn't really given the opportunity with the Devils. So, um, and then I saw his interview, and he comes from a hockey family. So his dad and his grandfather are both former played played the game and um yeah he he seems super excited as well and and Dubas described him as a high end talent he played in the US development program and from what I remember from what I remember no it wasn't him it was Travis or yes it was him i think he he actually crossed paths with Austin Matthews at some point he uh in the US development program so so there's a bit of familiarity from that. So, uh, yeah, what do you think? Any comments on uh, from your side on Joey Anderson? Well, you know, just like hearing the signing and, and um, or the the trade initially, um, I thought, uh, yeah, definitely is it was a salary dump. But I do think that this is a guy that they they have liked and. Um, um, and then once I saw him talking, I, you know, I, I see there's a common theme throughout all of these picks. And this guy, like, there's just, there is a fire 
in him. So I do think that what Rachel Dory said, you know, that is super interesting that he what if that he, he never got the proper development there and there are certain organizations are going to, you know, that consider and look at development differently, you know, could have a real diamond in the sky. So he seems like he has that competitive fire and he seems like another one, another hungry player. Um, So they have gone out of their way as an organization, Dubas and co to find people that have something to prove. And I think that definitely could pay dividends down the row. And I I wrote down, yeah, and they, I know that Rachel Dory, you know, talked about him as like a a Blake Coleman type player. And, you know, during the playoffs, I think everyone to man said that you need those kinds of guys on your team to, you know, get over the hump. So, um, and there's a reason that Tampa picked up Blake Coleman, you know, and look at yeah. the dividends it paid. So yeah. we'll see. I'm not yeah. putting too much on this kid, but he's been a winner at multiple levels also. So uh, including the World Juniors and yeah. uh, there's something to be said for that too. Yeah. So then we're going on to our, our next pickup, which was Travis Boyd. He is a center right winger. Uh, I don't actually know a lot about this player, uh, but he's 27 years old. He is a sixth round pick of the Washington Capitals. He is another one of our our 700,000 league minimum (laughs) one-year contracts. And obviously he is a depth signing. But in a few games, which was 24 with Washington, he showed uh, quite a knack for getting points. He had three goals and eight assists in in 24 games. So that's not too shabby. So um, what did you learn about Travis Boyd, Christine? Yeah, again, I I think it's a depth signing. I think technically, well, depending on how it goes, like uh, some of these players are obviously going to be going up and down with the Marlies too. And personally, Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, he might, this, uh, he played in the AHL um, with Hershey as well, I think, part of the season last year um, with Washington's AHL team. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's uh, – I guess they, they said that he's very dependable at, at center um, playing. Like, I guess he has to be – you have to fit him into the right spot in order, obviously, to get his um, – the knack for getting points and, and the coach there, I guess in Washington, he was able to do that. And, uh, he, 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 he's, that's one thing that some of the players said there in Washington was that he had the knack for getting points in limited minutes. So anytime that happens, then you know that the guy is at least engaged in the game, even though let's just say he's only playing seven, eight minutes a night. Um, it's always good to have that type of player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so that's it. So uh, for our last signing, um, we picked up uh, Jimmy VC. So he is a 27 year old, one year again at a little bit above the minimum 900 K. He played in the U.S. Uh, col- in U.S. college college. Co- can't speak U.S. <laughs> college hockey with Harvard. Um, and he uh went uh 
and we went after him back in 2016 when he didn't sign with Nashville because he was a Nashville draft pick. Uh, at that time, he opted to not come to our team and became a UFA and signed with the New York Rangers. Um, and I think, you know, I don't know, he hasn't really said this, but part of the reason maybe he didn't come here it was because his dad is an amateur scout with the Leafs. So he, yeah. I think there's, you know, lots of young people are like, I want to make my own name. Da, yeah. da, 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 da. Yeah. And uh, so he went with New York, which is also an original six team. So not too bad. Um, he ended up um, be playing in Buffalo last year and it didn't work out as well as he would like, would have liked. Um, and so here he finds himself as a UFA again, and uh, this time the Leafs made good, and he decided to come here. And uh, interestingly, when I um, did a little bit of research, he uh, he has a connection with our team, um, as he was a teammate with Alex Kerfoot on the Harvard team, and they actually played together quite a bit. So he's... Um, hoping to maybe get reunited a little bit with him. And I wonder if, if Kyle Dubas also noted that in his mind as uh, yeah. they had a little bit of chemistry there. Yeah. And yeah, he played um, actually two seasons with Kerfoot mm-hmm. was his, was his centerman for two seasons. Yep. So yeah. 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 So that's, that's a big thing. And uh, so that could, could be an interesting um, third line option. Um the other thing was watching his um, media availability after the signing. He is another guy that I noted had some fire in his eyes. He is yeah. somebody else, again, that has something to prove. And so um, I think he definitely wants to make good on this opportunity. So there is definitely method to the whole reason you know, they they made all of these one-year deals. And that's because, you know, that you either are going to prove something with this team or you're proving something to the next team that is going to give you a chance next year. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of hunger and desire to achieve, which you got to love. So especially yeah. in the bottom end of our roster now. And I think that is super key because last year uh, we did not get enough out of our bottom six, which was plainly apparent. So we didn't have, uh, even though some might say that, are we losing secondary scoring, you know, with Kapanen and Janssen not being on our team? Potentially, yes, but they didn't do all that great on that front last year or they would still be on our team. I think we could agree. Yeah. yeah. Uh, But they are going to get a lot more jump out of this bottom six. And that is when Boudou was saying we need to be harder to play against. The top six is hard to play against because of the offense. The bottom six needs to be harder to play against for other reasons. And so that is got to be compete level. So um, I think that that's something that has definitely been um, addressed here uh, yeah. and not just on paper. So I think there's a lot of character that was added. So what do you think? Yeah, the yeah overall, I think, especially these one-year deals, it, I think it's, I mean, it's a sign of the times too with the, with oh, the for whole sure, COVID yeah, situation or mm-hmm. whatever. But I mean, it might, I think it's going to work out 
in our favor to have these one-year deals and and to have these players that are hungry and just going back to VC for a moment like I also saw that in his in his player interview you could just see the the drive or just in his comments like he can't wait to get to prove people that um that he is that player I guess he he played a decent season with the Rangers in his last last season. It was just last year in Buffalo, things didn't work out for him. He got injured a bit, and and um, yeah. But now, definitely, like you're saying, with the bottom six, Keith basically it's handed over to Keith now to take these players and find the options um, as to what's going to work. Um, and um, hopefully, with the signing of these veteran players, like I kind of connected that. I don't know if you well, you probably recall the that game. It was versus the Blackhawks. I had to look it up, but when when uh Keith said that there was a maturity issue uh after a game in his post game conference and that you kinda wonder, you kinda connect with all the addition of these more veteran players. Um obviously you you, you can see from that comment that maybe there was something wrong with the dynamics in the room let's just say with they they it's like someone was uh saying that last year was like they left the team to the young guys and said okay this is your team and now they're saying okay yeah no <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't the right thing to let you guys go like that with the roller coaster season the way it was we need to bring in some stabilizing some experienced players, veteran players to, to get us over the top as what, uh, um, I think Joe Thornton actually said that, like to take us to the next level and to get that Mm -hmm. ultimate, ultimate, uh, prize is what we're looking for. But, um, but yeah, so it's going to be an interesting once camp starts with all the new faces, um, and then speaking of new faces, uh, we're going to go into day two of the NHL draft, which was a couple of weeks ago now. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah. And we're not going to spend too, too long on this, but we yeah. just wanted to give um, our views of how we saw the rest of the draft play out for the Leafs. Um, is interesting how the majority of players chosen were from Europe and from most and most of the picks are of that smaller stature with a high skill level. Um, what do you think yeah. of of yes. uh, from the second round picks? Yeah. Christine? So the second round pick we chose Roni Hervonen, who's a center from Finland, um, and I thought it was kind of cool with him. He found out that he was drafted by the Leafs while he was playing a game. They actually put it up on the scoreboard. So that was kind <laughs> of, that was. Uh, that was kind of fun. That was uh I thought wow and they and all the players came and like I think they actually came off the bench because there was a whole bunch of players anyways. There was more than the the five guys or six guys on the ice. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. And then um and then what about the fourth round pick? So. So our fourth fourth round pick also kind of more notable his name is William Villeneuve. Uh he's a defenseman from the Q. And he played for the St. John Sea Dogs. Um, but the interesting tidbit on him is he was actually coached in minor hockey by former Leaf goaltender Felix Potvan. So, and I've heard lots of really good things about uh, Potvan's coaching. So we're interested to see how uh, William Villeneuve uh, turns out for us. 
Yeah, yeah. I thought for all of those players that they had their media availability, they all knew a little bit about the Leafs anyways, even mm-hmm. if they were like, they, they didn't know very good English, but they all knew mm-hmm. that like we're an original six franchise. They seem to have some sort of background on, on the franchise. So to me, that again goes back to, we've mentioned his name before, Jim Pagliafito, um, the Leafs director of player evaluation and his influence on the players. He... When he's scouting, he's always, um, and the staff, they're always keeping in touch with these players um, to show their interest and, and to to make sure these players know what it is to be a Toronto Maple Leaf. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I thought that was, that was great. Um, and I guess it's very much the fact that we were picking, I mean, I know most of Leafs Nation was, and me included too, I wasn't that thrilled that we were going with the... Uh, the smaller stature, the speed and skill, um, which I think we have a lot of in our organization. Um, but, um, but yeah, it's very much going in line with his, with Kyle Dubas's, uh, and Shanahan's vision of the, of the team. But as it's been said to me several times, like you can't teach skill, right? So you're better off say that. Yeah. You can't teach that. So you're better off, um, you can always get the other parts, yeah. the complementary things uh, in from in other ways, which basically that's what they've done through this whole free agents process, free agent process, and through the trades that they've made. Like that's basically how you get the complement and you find your skill in through the draft. So yeah, I think yeah. that's basically their their mo right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so speaking of Kyle Dubas, um, what's next for Kyle Dubas? Um, it's uh, actually, well, we're doing this podcast on the Tuesday, but tomorrow on the 21st is Ilya Mikheyev's arbitration hearing, um, assuming it goes through um, because it can be settled before um, before the hearing because those things can get a little bit nasty too, which, um, but, and I actually heard he Mikheyev himself wasn't really happy about going to um, this arbitration process. Uh, Dubas seems confident he's going to get signed. Um, the Leafs offered him $1 million, um per year for two-year contract. And the player is wanting one year at $2.7 million, which is a little bit steep for, in my opinion. I think, Sil, you agreed with that. Um, but this could actually work out as a as a, a good deal if it does go to arbitration, um, because apparently I found out today that if if the if Mikheyev, because Mikheyev chose to go to arbitration, that gives the Leafs the option to pick the length of the term, whether it be one or two years for the next uh, mm-hmm. for for this deal. So it could end up being a bargain too for us for two years. Um, we, we could go and he, he, Mikhail, I don't know why he's really going through this anyways. It makes no sense. He only played the, the 39 games last year. So it's a, and there's no real comparable to that. Um, but I I heard today that the, that the least amount of games for a person going to arbitration up until now was like 63 or 66 or something like that. Yeah. So it's it's not really going to help him much. Um, yeah, McKay have probably 
didn't want this option necessarily, but the agent is the one that drives this sort of thing. So it's not necessarily the player. Um, But yes, he doesn't have much of a leg to stand on as far as comparables go. So um, yeah, Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. So So it could end up really backfiring for him. Yes. Like he could end up getting awarded just like the 700K, which is the league minimum. Yeah. And he could actually, too, I heard he could go back to the KHL if he wanted, Mm -hmm. but it's not really favorable for him either because if he wanted to come back to the NHL, he can't come back for a lower amount than what was, like, let's say a team offers him a lower amount than what was given to him in this arbitration. He couldn't be, mm-hmm. he couldn't return to the NHL for a lower, for that, like a lower amount than let's say he's awarded 1.5 million. And let's just say he goes over to the KHL and he decides, yeah, I know I definitely want to, like, I want to come back. He couldn't come back for like 900K or something like that. Like it has to be above that amount and whether or not, so that it's, it's not uh, the greatest uh, option for him either to go back to the K. But yeah, so we only have uh, right now, according to Cap Friendly, from what I saw this morning, we only had 42 signed contracts and we're allowed 50. Um, And our roster size currently is uh, 21. We're allowed to carry 23 players. But from what Kyle Dubas has been saying, um, we could go into the season with a 20-player roster. So I don't know. Well, I think that's part of their MO because... What they have always, what have, what have they been saying all along that they, everyone says they're up against the, up against it with the cap and they keep insisting, no, we're not, no, we're not, we're fine. The reason that they're fine is because they have an incredible amount of these uh, waiver exempt players. That means they can ship people mm-hmm. up and down, up and down. Yeah. And the fact that they have the Marlies so close they can have people like, you know, on, on off days and stuff, even um, for certain games going down and playing down there and then coming back up. And so then because of that, they're going to be working that it's just it's the whole thing where they <laughs> with having their own in-house capologist. Um, they're going to be working that cap on a daily basis for their yeah. savings. Yeah, Brandon. Ba- bottom is, line. Yeah. Yes. Bradham, yeah, Brandon Prim is, is definitely earning his paycheck. That has got to be <laughs> one of Shanahan's best hires, honestly, yes. because yeah. seriously, he they are working it by the minute <laughs> on this cap situation. And that is how they are going to make it work. So the fact that um, and and that's the other thing is that they're they're willing to go down to 20 players on certain nights. So. This is going to be looked at on a daily basis, on a game by game basis. So, yeah. and that's how they're going to manage it, and hopefully even be able to save some money so that when the the um, what you call it uh, trade deadline comes up, they may have some money to work with. So, yeah, and it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. There's been a lot of changes um, throughout mm-hmm. the league. Uh, with all the goalies change, it's going to be weird seeing like Henrik Lundqvist is in Washington and Braden Holtby is gone from Washington over to Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And so the goalie carousel is like, 
it's it's just kind of going to be odd seeing those long like people that have worn a jersey for so long and then you see them. And I can't even ever remember where so many top flight goalies have swapped yeah. teams in a yeah. in a summer. Like I just don't recall that kind of thing happening to this extent in the past. So yeah. Anyway, yeah. and uh, and really in our case, like for me, I'm it's just two things that I think just to close off here. Like I'm interested. I'm, we can talk about this another time. It's a longer conversation maybe, but I just find it so interesting how Dubas has shifted a little bit in, in the makeup of this team. Just a little bit. He has, I, I find that these, a lot of these moves have, um, Brendan Shanahan's fingerprints on it a little bit. Hmm. And, uh, I'm going to disagree with you on that one. Okay. All right. So you because I've also I've also seen a lot of uh, or heard a lot of people talk about the makeup of his previous teams. Like if you look at the Marlies, they were not an easy team to play against, and the Sioux Greyhounds also not an easy team to play against. So I think that he has been in two years trying to stock up with skill, and you know that's there's nothing wrong with that but i think that it may be a mistake to assume that this was not part of his um I mean, idea willing- going forward or yeah. the fact that he is willing to pivot to adapt yeah. to the needs of the club at hand so yeah. yeah no he and he definitely i mean he said he looked at he was looking at dallas actually at jim Neal, general manager what he mm-hmm. did with dallas uh being that they just went to the cup final as well. And mm-hmm. he was kind of saying like he, he took some advice from that as well, from what, from what they did. So it's just, it, it is, it's good to see that he, he, he did what he said, which is he's not like, he's not stuck in one way. Right. Like he mentioned mm-hmm. that I think in the early spring. So I, I, I think that's a good thing, but I still think that Shani had, just a little bit of influence there. <laughs> I disagree and vehemently on that because you can I disagree. think Kyle you Dubas you is <laughs> Kyle Dubas is a very smart guy, and I think the fact that he's young and didn't play in the league always will. There's always going to be people out there like you saying that because <laughs> Shanahan played uh, at you know in the NHL and was had a tougher streak in him. That anything that has to do with that is that any any good move in the positive obviously has to be him and not Dubas because he's not experienced and not old enough and didn't play the game. I don't agree with you at all on that. Okay, I think he's a very smart guy and he's not just a numbers person well, he's, and he's been around the game the oh, game his whole life. He's so definitely smart and he he knows what he's doing, but I just think that. And I also think that this is not a this person makes the decision uh, kind of um, dynamic that they have at MLSE. I think it's very um, cooperative and collaborative. And I think they all discuss oh, things yes. together. Yeah. So there's not Which, one person, Shanahan or anyone yeah. else, who's basically making the carte blanche decisions. All right. You're going to let me get in my last word here? Yes. It's really up to Sheldon Keefe now to get everything right. Pulled together. Yes. <laughs> put Agreed. together. Right. Never mind. And as you're saying, they all discuss everything, um, like mm-hmm. as a group. Um, and whether it's with Shanahan or, or Dubas or Sheldon Keefe. And Sheldon Keefe had, he's been speaking to all these players that 
that we that we got um, over the past couple of weeks through free agency and uh, and even through the draft. Um, so really, it's it's now going. It's it's his team. He's going to go in whenever the training camp starts. He's going to go into his first full training camp as the head coach of the Leafs, and um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, where he goes with it, with all these options, and how he handles all the all the different situations that come up. I'm I'm looking forward to it, anyways, because mm-hmm. right now it's October and there's no hockey, and yeah, it's it's not not fun, uh, not fun. It'll be nice to. It's going to be fun when training camp starts, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. And we're still waiting on there's a few things that could still happen. Like we did once the arbitration situation gets worked out with Mikheyev, Dermot still needs to be signed. Um, But it could be there could be a trade as well. So we don't know if it will be Dermot that gets moved or or Hall, but something's kind of got to give because we have, you know, we as much depth as we have, we have actually a little bit too many players. And especially if they're planning on going down to a 20 man roster, um, some of these, uh, somebody's going to have to be moving to make some space. So yeah, anyway, so any more thoughts, anything else you want to mention? No, that's all. That's all I got. Okay, so one more thing I do want to mention is we have a very special birthday this week. In a couple days, Chris is going to be celebrating a birthday. So we want to wish Christine a very happy day on Thursday. So happy birthday, Chris. Thank you. And it it will be a happy birthday but with no hockey. Normally we always have our... That's true. We normally have like a yeah. celebratory dinner or something. So we can't yeah, really do that this year. Anyhow, well, mm-hmm. it'll be okay. I'll have my little mm-hmm. birthday cake here. Blue and white birthday cake. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we also um, have something special that we just launched. Um, many of you, and I think we talked about it on the last podcast, we have a new partnership with Kofi.com, coffee.com um, for our listeners and friends that would like to support our show. Um, you can follow us there at ko-fi.com coffee.com slash LTL1917 if you would like to um, support us in that way. And, you know, we always uh, want you to encourage you to keep listening and sending us your feedback. You can follow us on all the social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at LTL1917. We also have our email, ladiestalkingleafs at gmail.com, if you ever want to drop us a line there. But until then, uh, we will talk to you in November and hopefully have some more interesting things to, to talk about. So I'm sure for now, that's all we have. Bye. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. 
click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.